I'm Aaron Gallo. I'm Marty Hogan. And I'm Eric Berry. And we're from the Starfleet Escape Podcast. And you're listening to another great Four Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out FourEyedRadio.com. Today on Ranger Command Power Hour. We're going to have some issues with that fifth episode of Dino Charge, let me tell you. <laughs> I liked it. Oh, I... You're blind. Oh, boy. <laughs> I just hope um, this episode goes okay, because um, my dog is with me right now. And, uh, That's fine. She, she can be a part of it. Zach's she... dog was part of the last one, even though I cut most of it out. <laughs> my dog's a little unpredictable. Um... <laughs> So unpredictable, she she would be like, "Yeah, that Aqua debut was bullshit." <laughs> oh, I wouldn't put it past her. Yeah, it's a real gas. <laughs> <laughs> God, apologies to Kerrigan. Doug, yes, we've got Doug. Oh. Woo! And now on Ranger Command Power Hour. Yeah, 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 yeah! It's the Ranger Command Power Hour. Today on the Power Hour, Episode 63, Rangers Review More Episodes, Power Rangers Dino Supercharge, Episodes 2 through 5, recorded on February 28th, 2016. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. Send a Ranger up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as Trucky B47. I'm AP, also known as Secret Ranger Fan. I'm Zach, also known as the Cinema Slob. And I'm Doug, also known as Doug Watcher. Today's podcast is brought to you by Gamefly.com. Sign up for a premium free 30-day one game out trial, specifically for our listeners at GameflyOffer.com slash Ranger Command PH. Hey guys! Hey! Hey! hey. And welcome, Doug, to the podcast again. Yay! With all of us. Yay! <laughs> Instead of just me talking about Survivor. <laughs> For five hours. <laughs> yeah, that was a long episode. <laughs> all right, well, we got a couple news items before we dive into catching up on uh, Dino Charge. For, well, speaking of Dino Charge, uh, Season 1, Part 2 is coming to Netflix on March 15th. I don't know why they split even the Netflix up into this virtual hiatus. They don't need to do that. They can just release all of it. Yeah, it's really. fine. But more excitingly for some people, mm. we are getting new Ranger keys coming soon from Bandai America. This was originally reported from Ranger Crew. They have a Facebook gallery. There's really no other confirmation uh, beyond that. But a lot of the keys are... The female keys with the translucent key to fill in the gaps. There's still a couple missing, but some people are speculating that we don't have all the information. There's maybe a few press pictures that are missing. But for the most part, it seems they're going to get caught up with pretty much everything except like the spirit rangers and a couple of the extra heroes that people want. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, there's a light speed yellow Kelsey key. Yes. <laughs> Yes! With a titanium that's translucent. And I'm so glad because I sold my Power Morphicon set. So that's Aww. like killing two birds with one stone there. That's perfect. <laughs> 
AP would like everyone to know that she's officially accepting voluntary gifts of the Kelsey Keys from the Ranger Command listening audience. <laughs> I just imagine like a huge box showing up at her door, and she opens it and is just buried by a tidal wave of yellow Kelsey Keys. Dun, dun. <laughs> Are you listening, Bandai America? That would make my day. <laughs> that would be awesome. All right, well, there really wasn't any other news this week. Yep, so. it's kind of a light week. Mm-hmm. Um, about keys, though, because I can finally have a full Mystic Force set. Oh, yeah. Minus Korag, though. I really wish that that translucent Daggeron had been a Korag key instead. Oh, yeah, like the purple version? Yeah. yeah. That would be cool. There was never a Wolzard version in the Japanese keys. It was just the red version. But we could have had one. We could, yeah. Because <laughs> we, we got a Phantom Ranger key, too, mm-hmm. which was exclusive. I'm glad Bandai America's keeping their promise. It's just, I wish they handled the keys better to begin with. Mm-hmm. Just so we don't stretch the line out two years. But I don't care. We're still getting them. I'm glad that they realized the mistake that they made and they're giving us the rest of the keys. I really hope that since the keys are bringing the rest of the girls to the Ranger key line, I hope the art is focusing on... Because the second wave of keys for 2015 focused on the sixth and extra rangers because those were prominently featured i'm really hoping that this wave the 2016 wave has the ladies on Uh, on the pack that'd be so Mm -hmm. cool yeah that would be really awesome moving on we're gonna review the episodes of power rangers dino supercharge we reviewed the first episode of a couple episodes back when it first premiered and since then you know we've done quite a few episodes so we haven't got a chance to catch up with our episode reviews so this episode is entirely dedicated to talking about the newer episodes episodes two through five So we're just going to dive right into it. We're going to discuss these episodes in length and fight it out. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) See if we like them. (laughs) Uh, So so Dino Supercharge Episode 2 was Forgive and Forget. And this was the episode where Snide plans to contaminate the city water with venom that makes you forget who you are in hopes that the rangers will be infected. Meanwhile, Riley has a score to settle with an old rival at the Amber Beach Marathon. So let's talk about this episode a bit. What did you guys like? What didn't you like? I actually liked how Riley used his Energem for selfish reasons because it was totally realistic and mm-hmm. I just feel like that's what a normal person would do. If they had superpowers they'd use them to beat their enemies. I think it's like an understandable thing to do especially since this is like a rival that's returned but it felt weird for it to happen so late in the series. It felt more like an early on learning to use your powers thing but I get where I mean I get why he was doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. I liked that no one had to tell him the lesson that he learned on his own. Because when the marathon was starting, he was like, you know what? I'm going to win this fair and square. He told himself that. Keeper didn't have to pull him aside creepily (laughs) and say, don't use it for... He kind of internalized it and was like, you know what? I'm going to do this on my own. Which I think is a good lesson for kids. Yeah. This is also the first appearance of the Dino Superdrive mode inside the cockpit. It looks beautiful, but damn it, it's just another unnecessary Megazord upgrade. <laughs> it just seems so arbitrary because it wasn't like Stingrage was even more powerful 
than he was in his first time around. It's like the monsters aren't getting more super powerful or anything. So I don't understand the need for like a secondary. Well, I mean, I understand it's to sell toys, but in the show, it just comes off as dumb. I mean, they're not really explaining what this great threat is other than Kendall saying this was going to be used to go against Snide, but now that he's dead, YOLO. It's weird. Yeah. They got a cool new sword though. Cool new revolver sword. (laughs) I do like, admittedly, I do like the design of it. I mean, I I got the toy of it and it's pretty cool. And I like the new charger. The super drive charger looks pretty sweet. Yeah. And the armor looks good. I want it to be used more than just outside of the Megazord. Yeah, it's a bummer because it confirms that the first power-up didn't really matter because we never saw anything play out with that. You and I were talking Mm -hmm. about this, and Kendall made a point to say, never use it outside the Megazord, ever. And so it very easily could have been a thing where they try and it goes crazy and it breaks and so she has to make a new one or something like that. But it ends up being two modes that don't really matter all that much. Yeah, that's the exact thought. I was re-watching some of the episodes today. Mm-hmm. That's the exact same thought that I had. It just makes everything else almost pointless. To me, it throws off the pacing in the Megazord. Because you get in the Megazord, they have the armor on, then you got to get the new armor on, and it's like... Just jump straight into super drive mode. I don't get why there has to be that intermediate step if the new armor is pointless. The transformation sequence is shiny. It looks good. I don't have a problem with the aesthetics of it. I just have a problem with the actual functioning of it. Yeah. I really hope we get a couple moments, at least what happened in Samurai, where... The last episode of Samurai, Shogun mode was used outside of the Megazord as almost like a battleizer, and it looked f***ing amazing. (laughs) I want them to use those suits outside of the Megazord, and it sucks because in the Bandai toy commercial, they're running around in that armor. I'm like, come on. Maybe maybe that's why they're not allowed to use it outside anymore. Kendall (laughs) because they got that kid in trouble. Kendall put him in punishment, so. Now they're only allowed to use it inside the Megazord. Let's talk a little bit about Heckle's plan and how he was able to discover the base. So, Snide initially went against Heckle's plan, and he kind of modified the plan. And he wanted Stingrage to just attack the rangers directly with those new darts instead of poisoning the water supply. Heckle, at this point, is undercover. He's working with the rangers at the Dinobite Cafe. I love the intro for this episode because Heckle walked in to do his work and he like grabbed a kid's ice cream cone. The kids start crying. They put the ice cream cone down on someone's seat just as they were sitting down. It's cool that we get to see him be mischievous and all that stuff. But anyways, the plan was modified after Snide started changing in the Dinobite Cafe after Heckle sent Chase away to look at a pretty girl. So Snide modified the plan to attack the Rangers directly. Heckle confronted Riley. Well, not confronted. He kind of helped him out after Bert kicked his butt and Riley went up in a tree. So Stingrage started attacking and then as they were getting attacked, you know, Heckle has to play the, I don't know what's going on. It's a monster. Oh no. (laughs) That was really good. I liked that. He contacted Snide and was like, hey, what's going on? You're kind of screwing up the plan. Oh wait, I can use this to my advantage. He jumps in front of a stinger meant for Riley and then he's the one that gets his memory loss. 
So all the other rangers jump in. Essentially, Heckle finds out their identity, even though his mind's been wiped. They take him back to the base. And I love that Kendall had complete, no, we cannot, what's going on. And it's understandable because he's a civilian. But then they said, well, it's kind of pointless since he already knows that we're rangers. They cured him with this antidote spray. And all of a sudden, he's like, oh, no, I won't reveal anything. And then, you know, they all kind of look away and it's like, ha, I'll steal the Energems. Um, they switch back after the commercial break. And Heckle's just chilling back at the downed ship. And Snide's like, what are you doing? You should have got them all when you had the chance. We know that Heckle is playing the long game. But anyways, the race happens. The plan starts going into motion. Everyone's distracted. The Rangers start losing their memories. Riley and Miss Morgan make enough of the antidote so that she can spray it over the city in the Plezu Charge Megazord. Finally, she's, I mean, she's using her Zord for once. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. In later episodes. I just thought of chemtrails. I'm sorry. <laughs> chemtrails? Kendall trails? No. Uh, Let's Google it. Whatever. <laughs> so yeah, so they do leave the base. Riley takes the Energems with him. So when he cures the Rangers, they'll be able to have their Energems. So when Heckle gets there, he's pissed off because all the Energems are gone. And then he turns into Snide. Snide just walks away. They do nothing. They don't take the opportunity to just lay waste to the base. Keeper is nowhere around. That scene to me was kind of a mess. I rewatched this episode today. And when that was happening, like when he started transforming back into Snide, I was thinking to myself like, oh, I totally forget what he does to the base at this point. It's because he doesn't do anything. <laughs> he doesn't. Every time we've had a villain inside the base in Power Rangers, they end up screwing it up a bit. And this time it was just like he walked away. So by default, that means Snide also knows where the base is. Because he had to get out, obviously. They get their memories back. The monsters are poisoning the city again. So they confront the monsters on the bridge. Kendall's flying around in the Plesiosaurd like, Woo, I'm spraying the stuff. And then she's like, oh yeah, Tyler, Dino Armor X is now compatible with Red Power. And that was completely out of nowhere, too. Because they made it a big deal in the first season when that mode debuted that it was not compatible with the other powers. It was kind of like a WTF moment. And the only reason I can think that they would do that is just because they were a slave to the Sentai footage at that point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Zach, you'll have to fill me in. How did Daigo get that power in Kiruga? Um, really, I think anyone could use it. I think Ian just used it the most. It was kind of like his signature thing. So in this, they kind of shot themselves in the foot by saying, oh, well, only Black Ranger can use it. Well, not really. I mean, any Ranger can use it. It was just kind of that one of those throwaway lines where I'm like, Wow, Kendall can do anything. She's magical with her scientific powers. So You, you can't see me, but I'm shaking my head. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so they cure everyone, and then Bert, the bully for Riley, forgives Riley and realizes that, oh yeah, wait, you know, he's really smart. 
he helped me out. All of a sudden, now they're best friends. Mm-hmm. I kind of had an issue with that just because I don't think that's how bullies are in real life. You don't just do one nice thing for them and all of a sudden, you know, you're best pals. Overall, I think it was kind of a weaker episode, yeah. which is a shame because it seems like most Riley focus episodes are. Yeah. It is kind of a running pattern at this point. Yeah, Riley just gets the leftovers. And it's not like consistent stuff. It's not like he's just a weak character, so his episodes are weak. It's that his episodes aren't even really developing one particular type of character. One time he's right. psychological, yeah. the other time he's really emotional, and another time he's he's doing. I don't know. He just seems to to get all the episodes. They can't figure out what else to do with. I really wish I could do a droopy dog impression because that's how I imagine Riley. Like, oh, boy, it's a focus episode for me. It's going to be bad. (laughs) Now I want to try to do a droopy dog. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, moving on, we're going to move on to the third. I mean, was there anything else you guys wanted to By add? By all means, I think we can move on. Yes, please. Yeah, I'll save you the embarrassment of any more droopy dogs. <laughs> all right, so the third episode is Nightmare in Amber Beach. Shelby receives a pillow from an unknown sender. Uh, when she uses it to take a nap, she starts living a nightmare. The rangers suspect that this must be from Snide, so they all make sure to stay awake. But that proves to be harder than they thought. So this episode, Shelby is really focused on acing this test so that she can get the good grades to please her father. I really like the introduction to this episode because Riley picks up Shelby, who apparently is in still in high school, because the building said high school. Oh, yeah. And she's yeah. taking summer classes. I thought she had just graduated high school. I was thinking that like was going maybe she maybe she's taken like college courses at the high school. Yeah, I thought she was taking college courses, but I didn't realize it said high school. Yeah, they walk by a sign at one point in the episode and it says high school. Because I just so I just know sometimes they do like community college courses at high schools now so oh, okay that, that could it, be it yeah head cannon <laughs> 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 but i like the intro for this because she's telling everyone oh no i got a b on the test and then behind her her <laughs> father approaches played by james galen who was pretty much the star of this episode yeah. i loved everything with shelby's dad yes and he's like, unbelievable, <laughs> Shelby. <laughs> I mean, he was so like, oh, if you want to run the ice cream empire that I built for myself, <laughs> which which was kind of funny, just that it's ice cream. So she's going through this struggle where, okay, my dad's pushing me to do this thing. I've got to study. And Heckle notices this. There's this new villain. What'd they call him? Like Nightmare? It's just yeah, nightmare. it was just Nightmare. I love the creative names that they come up with these monsters. <laughs> Ninja, Nightmare, Hunter. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, Nightmare is basically put into this pillow, which Heckle gives Shelby. And he says, oh, it must be from your dad because he knows you're studying so hard. <laughs> <laughs> And she gets infected with Nightmare projecting into her dreams. I have to say, I really like this monster. I like the voice. I loved his design. The black sheep head surrounded by clouds. It's creepy. (laughs) She starts attacking everyone inside the Dinobite Cafe with the Dino Saber, (laughs) which I thought was like, whoa. (laughs) I thought it was pretty hilarious because Coda's like, what did I do? (laughs) Tyler uses the pillow to stop a sword. 
but <laughs> it ends up slicing the pillow and the monster is released shelby snaps out of her hypnotized nightmare and he's like basically don't fall asleep because i'll get you <laughs> and then disappears so they're now all super paranoid about staying awake comedy hijinks ensue <laughs> i love the montage of them trying to stay oh, awake I with love i love this part I just watched this episode for the first time today, so it's like all fresh in my mind. I love this episode. Yeah, I like this one a lot, too. I think it did a lot, right? Yeah. So the plot moves forward, blah, blah, blah. Riley gives Shelby kind of this pep talk before she goes to take her retest. He says, well, is this really the thing that you want to do? You have to follow your own dreams. Kind of like one of those talks. So she ends up going back to the Dinobite Cafe instead of taking the test. And she finds Heckle basically taking all their Energems. And I love the start of this scene when Heckle just kind of walks in and starts putting everyone to sleep, almost like chloroforming. He's so smooth about it, too. Like, he's just kind of, like, dancing through the cafe almost. I love Heckle as a too. All of his mannerisms, I love the way he talks, and he can be, like, some of the lines he delivers in these episodes, he's just so super menacing and evil. Like, he has this evil grin and this stare where you're like, oh man, I don't want to screw with this guy because he's creepy. Mm-hmm. That whole sequence of him just walking in and taking him out one at a time. And, you know, Kendall kind of walks in staring at her pad and he just like comes up to her and like, boink, he catches her, puts her on the ground. I was just like, this is creepy. It was, it was truly creepy too. Yeah. Ryan it's, Carter, I think it is, did a yeah. great job with that scene. Yeah. To me, it almost feels like, if I could compare it to anyone, it's almost like he's the Joker from the Batman movies. That's actually a really good analogy, yeah. Yeah. He does have that very sort of sinister, but still kind of suave, charismatic kind of side. Yeah. That's always the impression I got, especially this episode. Because Shelby ditched her class early, she caught Heckle in the act, and he is a terrible liar. (laughs) He he didn't know what to say. (laughs) I liked how quickly Shelby put the pieces together. She's like, well, wait, when we first met you, you were trying to save Miss Morgan. It's all an act. He basically had nowhere to run. They were all pointing guns at him, which was awesome. They whipped those out out of nowhere. (laughs) I liked how it played out because Kendall says, wait, you were working for Snide this entire time? And he's like, no, I am Snide. He says that when Snide transforms. No, I am Snide. That's such a good moment. But again, he kind of says, well, I'll find your base someday. And then just like kind of (laughs) disappears. Shelby caught on to that because of the previous episode. She was like, wait, he doesn't know where our base is? Oh, because in the last episode, we forgot to mention, Kirio is a dork. Uh. And, oh yeah, here's the frustration. So, (laughs) Kirio basically, they're going to have a celebratory drink, and Kirio pours the poison inside all of the cups, and they're having the toast... They drink it, and then they don't forget everything, which was the whole point of the original poison. They just all of a sudden forget maybe the last 10 hours. And it was like, oh, wait, Fury, what were we doing? Well, I'm just going to take a nap now, whatevs. Wait, that's not how the poison worked. I mean, you completely forgot who you were. Yeah, Doug, I know you had oh, a big issue so with this. Why don't you talk about it? Because of this, I wish that episode two didn't, 
happen when it happened. I wish that one had gone into three, because I think the Nightmare on Amber Beach episode is a really strong episode, and the whole memory loss thing could have been so much more, but it's just kind of written off at the end, and so even Shelby kind of notices, wait, that doesn't make any sense that you would forget where our base was. The memory loss could have been expanded in so many ways. They didn't really do anything with it, so I wish they had moved that later on in the season and done more with it, because I think... I think Heckle and Snide being two different entities is really interesting. So if somehow Heckle knew where the base was and Snide didn't, or if you know Heckle forgot something and Snide didn't, you could have done a lot with that, especially when they find out they're the same person. I kind of wanted them to have Heckle be undercover more than he was. It's like third episode and his cover's blown. Yeah. So we're not going to see that interaction with the Rangers anymore, which I liked that interaction of him working in the cafe and kind of being this mischievous person in their ear where, you know, he was kind of egging Riley along like, well, Hey, you should get Bert and you should pay him back. And he was kind of like the devil on their shoulder. And for them to next episode erase any chance of that ever happening again is kind of disappointing. Yeah, things are happening really fast in these first few episodes. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that, because I think it's happening a little too fast, especially with the latest episode. Yeah. But back to Nightmare on Amber Beach, they fight the monster. Then they have this three-way attack where Shelby and the other three rangers are in the Diner Charge Megazord. Ivan's got the Terra Charge Megazord. And then friggin' Tyler is the one piloting the Plezio Charge Megazord. And I'm like, why couldn't have Kendall piloted that? And all the rangers have their zords. There's no reason for her not to be piloting it. The only reason I can think of is that she stayed behind just to secure the base. But then show mm-hmm. that. Yeah. One, one little clip. <laughs> I just thought it was disappointing because the only thing that she's done so far with the Plesiozord was in the last episode... And basically just make the Plesiozord pee over Amber Beach. (laughs) That's essentially... (laughs) Overall, though, I loved... Oh, Shelby's dad. The whole... The middle segment where he's teaching them economics and the value of profit. And he makes that burger. And Shelby's like, to her friend, she's like, don't, do not be impressed (laughs) with anything that he does. Coda and Tyler in the background stole that entire scene from oh, me. Oh, yeah. James Galen, it's such a refreshing change because I'm used to him as Colonel Truman, you know, this badass military dude. And here he's like this suave businessman that cares about profit, but he's trying to have fun with it. And I really like James Galen in this episode. I think he was hilarious. Shelby confronts him and says, well, it's not what I want to do. And he finally understands that because at the end of the episode, she's giving a tour. He's part of the tour. And he's also wearing the same coat that Prince Philip (laughs) got introduced in the first episode. (laughs) He was wearing the same pimp coat. So yeah, her dad finally realizes that, look, you should follow your own passion. Owning my own ice cream business was my passion. It's not yours. Follow your heart. So Shelby says, well, can you do me one more favor? And she goes back to the base and she has this cute ice cream cake. And all of a sudden, keep her there. (laughs) 
So Keeper will totally partake in the ice cream cake, but he won't be there when a freaking villain has invaded the base. I just, it pisses me off so much. I was watching my stories. <laughs> uh, we better get an episode where, where we find out where he's at. I'm just going to be so frustrated if we never find out what he's doing. <laughs> he's terrorizing little kids in the museum. Uh, That's what he's doing. Can you imagine that? Like, he's actually just playing in the museum, hiding behind, like, dinosaurs, and he's, like, hanging out in, like, the caveman cave display, like, popping out at people. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. We're going to move on to the next episode, A Date with Danger. Chase tries to impress his new girlfriend, Kaylee, by showing how talented and accomplished he is. But when it becomes more about him and less about her, Kaylee starts to fall for the Black Ranger instead. Aww. <laughs> Kaylee is a new character introduced in this episode. She might show up further on in the season. Wink, wink. Oh. <laughs> but this was a chase focus episode. So the episode starts out with this meteor that looks like the Epcot Center <laughs> <laughs> dropping in the middle of a forest and reveals our new enemy, Singe. And the rest of the group, Snide, Fury, and Wrench, they are there to somehow greet Singe. I mean, I guess they anticipated that something was, was coming because he was right there. And immediately there's this tension between Fury and Singe, which I really liked. And Singe says, look, I heard the Energems were on this planet. I came to capture them. And then Snide's like, look, he's basically in charge. If you can get him for me, we'll share the power. The design for Singe is amazing. Yeah. He looks awesome. Chase is trying to impress uh, Kaylee with all these cool moves, and it's all about him. And she pretty much just dumps him. She's like, you know what? I've had it. It was pretty funny. She's like, oh, look, look at the time. I have to go. <laughs> He's like, but wait, you're not wearing a watch. And she's like, oh, that's funny. And then she just leaves, <laughs> which I, I thought was hilarious. We even yeah, get like ahead. Ranger, like an interaction he has with the Rangers, basically predicting that this is going to happen too. Right? Isn't there a scene where he's like pulling out a trophy and telling them that he's he met this new girl and they're all basically saying, oh, oh. the same thing you always do, Chase. You show him trophy. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny, they're like predicting what date he's on based on the fact that he has a trophy. <laughs> yeah, and then one of the dates is him doing a push-up contest and oh, it yeah. flashes back to... <laughs> I stopped doing the push-up contest ever since I lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Riley's looking through a telescope with Ivan and Coda's face is on the other end of the telescope. That was hilarious. <laughs> I do like, I, I like I love, Ivan's dialogue. What sorcery yeah. is this? <laughs> and Riley being ever logical, he's like, well, it's not sorcery. It's just mirrors and lenses. <laughs> <laughs> Ivan, dude, you can turn into a freaking Power Ranger. I think a device that lets you see the heavens is not that far-fetched. <laughs> Ivan's one of my favorites. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. AP, are you still there? AP? Oh my, oh my gosh, I was muted the whole time. No! <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> we weren't ignoring you. You just got, like, super quiet. Oh, I know. I know. I was muted. I didn't realize it. I thought I was, like, respond I, th I I was kind of, like, black responding. I don't know. God. <laughs> so, 
So any thoughts uh, so far on what we talked about, AP? <laughs> uh, anything that you like? I, rem- I don't remember where I muted it at. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just start with uh, this episode, A Date with Danger. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't like it, really. The whole episode? Like, not the whole episode, but it just kind of felt like, like no one questioned her walking through parks with a Power Ranger and... <laughs> nobody questioned that like that part like i could not like wrap my head around that part because it just seems like such an obvious reaction that they didn't address and it happened multiple times yes (laughs) (laughs) all right so let me get to that point yeah so she dumps him but in this fight with singe tyler's on the other side of the city and he's reading this letter from this character called Rusty. Rusty's, hey, I might know what happened to your dad, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, Sin drives on the scene. Buildings are blowing up. So both Tyler and Chase notice this and rush to the scene. And we get this amazing shot of Sin coming in through the fog. And Fury's like, well, you're going to have to deal with him. Both Tyler and Chase are literally outgunned. I love Singe's blaster because he calls it the last blaster. And he says, it's called that because it's going to be the last blaster that you'll ever see. (laughs) It's a simple line, but the delivery of that character and that voice actor is awesome. He is a badass. During the fight, an elderly lady gets injured. Chase rushes over, helps her. Kaylee drives up in her car. Then Chase pulls off this American accent to disguise his voice, (laughs) which I thought was a nice touch. And it's definitely a more convincing American accent than some of these other New Zealand actors can pull off. Yeah. Especially the children of New Zealand. (laughs) (laughs) She's super impressed with the Black Ranger. When they go back to the Dinobite Cafe, Kaylee says, look, there's someone else. I'm dumping you. <laughs> and he's like, well, wait, can you at least tell me who it is? And she said, it's the Black Ranger. <laughs> and he's like, but I'm the... And then she's like, wait, what? And he's like, I'm a really big fan of his. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> and then she just looks. We get this great dialogue that Chase has in the base. Well, she dumped me for me. And I can't believe I did this to myself. <laughs> <laughs> And later on, we get an actual Keeper has good advice moment where he says, do you think Kaylee is ever going to have a future with the Black Ranger, especially if you can't reveal your identity? He said, well, you're also disguising your voice, so who is she really getting to know? And it creates this internal conflict inside Chase. They were going on dates before this talk, but I have to agree. I thought it was completely out of left field It's just weird that they're walking through a park and there was a couple runners that ran by and no second glances, nothing like that. It's not like the Power Rangers of this season are international rangers. It's not like everyone knows who they are, like Operation Overdrive or Uh anything like that. They're rangers that just show up and take care of these bad guys. So I would think in Amber Beach, seeing a ranger in the open would be kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no one reacts. Not a single person. Not even like a it's kid just like, oh, like. Yeah, which, it's a little kid. Little kids freak out over Power Rangers. Yeah. 
to me, that was just a very dumb moment. I thought it was completely silly. During all of this, Tyler goes to meet Rusty. And Rusty explains that 10 years ago, there was a cave-in. And he lost contact with Tyler's dad, James. James Navarro. After that talk, Rusty notices Tyler's Energem, which is, for some reason, hanging outside of his shirt. He's like, hey, can I see that? And... Very realistically, and I thought was a good acting moment by Brendan Mejia, where he kind of reluctantly gives up the Energem, like, uh, I guess. Because we all know how important the Energems are, so just giving it to some random dude wouldn't be the best. But Rusty says, oh yeah, this is a -a one-of-a-kind thing, where did you find this? And Tyra's like, yeah, I just found it on some hike, and (laughs) give it back. (laughs) Then they part ways. Basically... Tyler is away from the city. They start fighting Singe again. Singe actually grows with the Magna Beam. And the Rangers are getting their butts kicked. And they need help. So, Kendall, instead of morphing, just contacts Tyler on the other side of God knows where for him to save the day. And I thought she would be closer. And what does he fly in on? The freaking Plezu Charge Megazord. It's another opportunity where Kendall is not using her powers or anything. I don't get why she has to handle the base when nothing is going on. She can range her up. Right. They either need to have her, like, just have a really short clip of what she's doing in the base or just put her in her own Zord, which is all original footage anyway. Exactly. That's my biggest frustration. All of this cockpit footage is completely original. So to have Tyler, like, f*** Tyler. Tyler is, <laughs> Tyler is on the other side of the state looking for his dad. Why does he have to be the one to come in and save the day? Just because he's the Red Ranger? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, have Kendall, who is in Amber Beach, fly in on the Plezio Charge Megazord. It's, Ex- it's as simple as exactly. that. Exactly. Especially on a team where Tyler, like, Tyler's a leader in a Red Ranger, but, like, this team is very much capable of working in different combinations. We've seen it plenty of times. They don't need Tyler to function. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. They don't... Yes, he is is a leader. But when Tyler is absent, you know, we see Chase step up. We see Shelby step up. They all step up when he's not around. So I don't get why this couldn't have been a great Kendall step-up moment where she's like, all right, I'm flying in, guys. Woo! (laughs) I don't want her to use the Plezio charge just to spray antidote. I want her to, like, freaking fight in her own Zord. Yeah. It's super frustrating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A lot of people are, are calling it out every time, too, on Twitter. Like, it's it's not just... I'm you. glad they are. It's such a waste to me where we see her in the Dino Drive suit two or three times. It's like they're almost a slave to the Sentai footage when they don't need to be. Correct me if I'm wrong, Zach, but I know, doesn't Daigo use the Plezion a lot? Yeah, yeah. In Kyoryuger, uh, yeah, there was a lot of Daigo using Plezion. But again, the point of Doug brought up, you're using original footage anyway. Yeah. Why not just make some new original footage of Kendall? And I know this has got to be pissing you off, AP, because yeah, yeah. you love the purple <laughs> Yes! What the hell, man? Yeah, uh, what the hell, Chip? I know. What the hell? I, going back to what Doug said again, like, it literally, you don't have to do that. They clearly don't have to do that. 
So why the hell are they doing that? Especially because we do know that there's not a lot of fighting footage for her in Kiruja. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So to me, that would be a chance to use her. If the Plesio charge Megazord is flying in, she needs to be the one in the cockpit. It's all original footage. I can't stress that enough. It's just, I don't like the idea of Tyler coming in to save the day when yep. she could have been the one doing it. Yep. I thought overall this episode had some cute moments. I think Kaylee is an interesting character. I really like Singe, but overall, I felt that it was a weaker episode. Mm-hmm. Any other comments about a date with danger? Did you guys like Kaylee? Yeah. No. No. Oh. <laughs> her ac- okay. her accent slippage Why? kept getting right up on my nerves. Like <laughs> it's just. Uh, she had a great attitude and everything, but she needs a little work on that accent a little bit. Yeah, there were a couple moments I noticed. Uh, she has a cool car, though. I liked her car. I did like how um, <laughs> whenever Chase was on the dates as the Black Ranger, he did his best to put on a fake American accent to be like, I'm the Black Ranger. I'm not the New Zealander at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that in the end he did say he kind of broke up with Kaylee as the Black Ranger and it kind of gave her a taste of her own medicine in a way like now she was the one that was being dumped. I do like that Chase got a second chance with her and that he realized that he needs to the dates and everything needs to be more about her. I like that she was into being an astronaut and into studying space. I think that's a cool aspect. Yeah. But was Chase basically giving away Riley's telescope? Right. Because <laughs> I think it's the same one. It totally was the same one, which could have been such an amazing moment where Riley realizes his telescope's gone. And of course, it's Chase. It <laughs> 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 would have been so good if he like called him on his little communicator. Do you take my telescope? <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, what the hell? <laughs> I thought she was an okay character. I'm sure we're going to be seeing more of her. But yeah, there's a couple accent slippages. I agree, AP, that were just like, yeah. like kind of grating. It was like, oh. mm-hmm. I feel like we didn't get a lot of that in the first half of the series, but it happened a lot in Riley's race episode. It happened uh, quite a bit in this one. So it's kind of a bummer that we're seeing it now. Oh, you mean with Bert? Oh my gosh. Bert and <laughs> that was... even worse, Bert's friends. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> Moving on to this past Saturday's episode, Roar of the Red Ranger. Tyler tries to master the new T-Rex supercharge mode, but after Heckle plants a virus in Kendall's computer, the T-Rex supercharger malfunctions and makes Tyler go wild. Luckily, the Aqua Ranger is able to step in before it's too late. (laughs) Uh, So... (laughs) So this episode, we start out at the villains. Heckle is listening to another one of Fury's plans. And I like that they start in the middle of his plan. And then he's like, and then we'll blow him up. Ha ha ha. Isn't that such a great plan? And Heckle's like, I'm not really jazzed by this idea. (laughs) And it was just that that phrasing and how he said, I'm not jazzed by it. It It was hilarious. And... Singe walks in and he basically has overheard the entire thing. And we haven't touched upon this, but I love the rivalry between Fury and Singe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so refreshing. I love it when villains have conflict like this. 
obviously Fury's the one that's all like, I hate this guy. And trying to be like using his strength and his power to dominate Singe. But Singe is like the cool guy. He's more about the intelligence. And I like that dichotomy between them where Singe is really trying to outwit Fury and Fury just hates it and he hates that he's getting tricked and Singe is calling him like a kitty cat and (laughs) all this stuff. It's hilarious. Although there was one episode where Poissandra makes a brief appearance. Yeah. It was Date with Danger when Singe grew and she's like, ooh, wait, you're not Sledge. And then she's making kind of a jab when Fury's there. Like, oh, look how cool Singe is and you're not, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that she's still popping up now and there, but I do like that Fury is getting some spotlight. Mm-hmm. But anyways, moving back to War of the Red Ranger. Okay, so Singe's plan after listening in to Fury, he's like, well, look, we should just plant this virus infect their systems, it'll damage all of their weapon systems. Heckle's like, yeah, that's great, but how are you going to do it? And then Fastly pops in like the Flash is Ninja. (laughs) And I love Ninja. Yes. I I love his suit design. The voice acting is pretty cool. I really like that monster. Mm -hmm. And I like the prop, the villain USB stick (laughs) is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And it's all based off of his body armor because it's got one of those like mirror things that he has. So I thought that was a really good touch. Props to the prop department for that one because mm-hmm. that's pretty funny. I, I just like that they, <laughs> you know, this intricate design and there's a USB <laughs> like <laughs> stick in it. Like it's just. It's kind of crazy. I know when he's holding um, it the first time, you just saw the design, but when they actually went to use it, you're like, oh, oh, that's it's actually a USB. <laughs> I would totally use one of those on my computer. (laughs) So he gives that to Ninja to infiltrate the Rangers. Back out in the woods, Tyler is showing everyone this map that he created as a child. And he's explaining to them that when he was a kid, him and his dad would camp in this area. And they had this kind of time capsule where... Every year around his birthday, they would put something as a memento inside this box. Shelby's kind of making fun of him because it looks like it's drawn by a kid. He's like, yeah, I was five. <laughs> and, his um, response to that is so good, too. He's like, well, Cran is uh, water resistant. Yeah. <laughs> I love that little tidbit. That was so funny. So, yeah, so he puts a Dinobite Cafe hat inside the chest and because he's happy that He's met all of his friends. So they went off to do training. Tyler's testing the limits of his Energem, I guess. He's doing target practice on the bike, which is a cool scene. Yeah. Original footage with bikes. I'm all for it. Mm -hmm. That looked cool. And then he demorphs. Shelby notices that he only hit four bullseyes instead of six, like last time. So obviously something's on his mind. I thought it was cool. Tyler was wearing this kind of metal box that was surrounding his Energem. And basically, it's a device Kendall can use to measure the energy output of the Energem, which is a cool touch. And Doug, you brought up when we were talking, she's kind of like Miss Miss Fairweather in a way. Yeah. One of my favorite things about this series is that we get to see Kendall doing science things where she's testing 
certain powers or she's analyzing how things go. And those are all my favorite scenes. Anytime we get something like that, it's my favorite stuff. Yeah, and it's not like we haven't seen them testing stuff out in the woods before. When they were doing the Dino X armor debut, they had the same similar setup where she had a table set up in the woods with all of her computer equipment. I like that they're continuously testing and training I really like those scenes. Like, I, I really like when they do that because it feels like they are warriors and that they're always preparing for battle. So they get distracted or something, and it's an opportunity for Ninja to speed his way in and implant the virus on Kendall's computer. So do they go back yeah, to yeah, the base? Yeah, they go base? back to the base, and Kendall's uploading the data into the dino charger. Right, right. Yeah, that's right. And she says, now I get to introduce you guys to the new T-Rex supercharger. The virus has actually been uploaded onto that. Mm -hmm. And so they go back out to test it. But now all of them are morphed. And we get to see original footage with the Purple Ranger. Tyler starts to power up and it totally infects him. And all of a sudden he thinks he's a T-Rex. <laughs> his, his helmet's all black. I thought the CGI was kind of crappy on that. <laughs> so it wasn't the best. It almost looked like you guys have the Dino Charge app, right? Yeah. 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 It kind of looked like when you do the 3D face mode, <laughs> it looked like one of those 3D helmets. Yeah. It was doing that weird roar thing that another series did, too. Did Dino Thunder do that? Yes. Yes. Dino Thunder did the helmets roaring <laughs> was, in the morph. It looks so weird. So I kind of like that it was a nice callback to that. Yeah. So he starts going crazy, runs off. Kendall is super frustrated and says, well, I'll go back to the base and see what's up. She'll start analyzing things. They all go back to the base. Riley says, well, the most logical thing would be to search for him in the daylight tomorrow. They go back out. Kendall creates another charger, the Dino Hypnotize charger, gives it to Riley, and then Chase takes it away. Then she gives a clean copy of the supercharger. She gives it to Riley, and Chase takes it away. And I love that shot where Riley's kind of like looking at his hands like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> like why does he get it? And then Shelby asks Miss Morgan if there's any possibility that the personality of Tyler might still be in there. She says that she has an idea of where he is. And Chase says, oh, you're a genius. And she says, well, as if you haven't already figured that out by <laughs> so good i love shelby she's awesome they are searching in the woods for tyler but in the meantime snide has sent another monster to help out which is hunter i really like the voice acting for hunter he's kind of like a randy savage <laughs> meets a hunter guy <laughs> he's just like yeah i'll find my target and yeehaw he's kind of like that yeah i'll get him Hunter is on Tyler's tail, and all the rangers are following him in the woods. They're kind of being sneaky about it. And then Coda senses ninjas speeding along and does this brutal attack. Oh, we forgot to mention. Earlier in the episode, the reason Tyler went off on his own at first was because Shelby tells him, hey, you might have to face the possibility that your dad's dead. Oh, essentially. <laughs> It was like, so crazy. <laughs> like, yeah, she basic she basically said, Look, you have to face the possibility that your dad may have not survived the cave in because Tyler has this map 
And he's like, oh, well, I'll swim in this flooded section of the cave and I'll find out. And understandably, Shelby's like, look, your dad wouldn't want to risk you losing your life to find a possibility of a clue for him. Tyler just freaks out. Like, I think he unnecessarily gets angry at her. And he just starts randomly running away. I'm like, what? What is this scene? That was so weird. Just running through the woods. It's some mega force level stuff right there. <laughs> yeah, it's a mega, a super mega tantrum he's got going on. You saw a water bottle, what? it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the same woods, too. Uh, but when Tyler ran away, he gets knocked back by Ninja really heavily into this like tree. It like it hurt. Doug and I were watching this live, and we were both like, oh, God, that looks super painful. Yeah. It was, because it was so painful. Tyler has, like, this blurred vision, and Ninja's about to make the final strike, and then, who knows, this boot comes in, and Tyler notices another ranger that's fighting Ninja. Who can it be? So when he goes back to the base, that's when they decide to test the new mode. Yada, yada. Yeah. So, okay, they're following Hunter, who's following Tyler. And then Coda does this amazing thing where he just anticipates where Ninja is going to be, kicks him and trips him up. And that looked painful for Ninja. (laughs) So I'm glad Ninja got it back in a way. But Doug and I were both like, oh yeah, go Coda. That was awesome. (laughs) That low kick was sweet. So yeah, Shelby leads the morph call. So now they're all taking on both Ninja and Hunter. And then Chase is morphed. He follows Shelby's intuition and goes to where the buried time capsule was. All of the time capsule has been disturbed. That's when Tyler finds Chase in his T-Rex mode. And they start to have this pretty cool fight. You know, Chase doesn't want to hurt Tyler, but obviously he's trying to defend himself. And then, boom, Aqua Ranger shows up, does this kick, sends... Tyler back 50 feet. And then Chase is like, whoa, it's the Aqua Ranger. And he's like, well, don't hurt my friend. Which I thought was a nice touch. Because obviously they don't know who the Aqua Ranger is. Mm -hmm. And Chase is concerned for the safety of his friend. They just want to contain him. And so Aqua Ranger does this sweep kick. Kind of catches him. And it's like, Tyler, we're not your enemy. We're your friends. And... Instantly, I was like, oh, wait, he just said he knows Tyler's name. That was a big clue. And so he's about to attack. Tyler throws him off. He's about to attack the Aqua Ranger. Then in this really cool spin shot, the Aqua Ranger demorphs. And he's like, it's me. I'm your dad. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) And then Chase, because Chase picked up the picture right before Tyler attacked. And he even comments. He says... Wow, he looks just like he did in his picture. His Energem must have stopped his aging. I loved that, though, because that's a callback to, I think, the first episode or one of the first episodes where they mentioned that that's a thing. Once you bond with an Energem, you're essentially immortal or you're ageless. You, You won't age. Yeah. That was a great mention. And then that's enough. The power of dad is enough to snap Tyler out of this virus-induced panic. And they hug, like, oh my god, you're alive. And then Riley calls Chase and says, hey, we're basically getting our butts kicked. We need your help. So they arrive on the scene. 
There's a cool running morph with uh, Red and Aqua. There's a little bit of fighting. And then anything with Aqua is put to the side because, hey, we got to try this new supercharge mode. <laughs> it is cool. I like that they change it because in Kiruger, it's called Carnival and it's super flashy and there's all this dancing. Well, obviously, they had to film all around that. <laughs> There's essentially a brand new morph sequence for uh, supercharge mode. Rexy becomes a mini version that's also a gun, which is pretty funny. And it's a great battle. I just wish he didn't say dino supercharge kick and oh my blast. Gosh. It was too much. Every single thing he did was dino supercharge this and dino supercharge that. I thought we were past that. Once we got to Dino <laughs> Charge, but it turns out we're not. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Then, once again, they're about to defeat Ninja, and Hunter's like, yeah, I gotta get out of here, so see ya. Ninja, you'll take care of this, right? Like, and he just goes. So Ninja is screwed. And they defeat him, and he grows with the Magna Beam. And then they all get transported into the Plezu Charge, whatever. And guess who's not there? Kendall! Again. Kendall's not there. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> and again, I don't understand why she couldn't have gone back to the forest and fight. Because even Ninja, or Hunter, one of them, when they were all together... He's like, oh, seven rangers. Well, it could have been eight. It could have been eight. It could have been it nine. Could have been nine if, yeah. It could have been nine if Philip was really there. It really could have been. Who's Philip? What, what did they do with him? I don't know. Did they... This is what pisses me off. Because here's what super mega pissed me off. <laughs> is, when, <laughs> is when they summoned the Megazords and freaking Chase, who I guess is the keeper of the Dino Chargers throws both the Packy's Zord and the Plezio Zord. He throws both of their chargers. I'm like, this whole fight in the forest is all effing original. Why couldn't Philip have been there? Why couldn't Kendall have been there? And they can throw their own god chargers. <laughs> it pissed me off so much. Why is it that four episodes later, after Philip shows up at the end of episode one, He's like, well, I'm I'm here to help you guys search for the Energems. Crikey. <laughs> no, you're not. You freaking disappear. Where are you, dude? <laughs> Don't say that you're done running your country. And he's like, well, I'm, oh yeah, I'm totally focused on the task at hand. I specifically came here to help you guys complete your mission. And then dude just straight up has disappeared. Mm -hmm. And I really love that the actor, Jared Blakinson on Twitter has started this thing where he's like, oh yeah, he's at yoga class. Oh. He, had this sweet, yes. he had this sweet yoga class that he had to go to. He signed up for, and he signed up for a yoga retreat. Yoga retreat, that was it. <laughs> I remember, like, it was during the third episode, he tweeted again, he was like, still at that yoga retreat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys caught that, I, but he did say that. Uh, which makes me really happy that the actor has a sense of humor about this. Yeah. But it really kind of pisses me off. I'm like, you have the actor. You're filming original footage in the woods. I don't get when the Pachyzord and... Like, what? that could have been a nine cockpit shot of all of them. Yeah. yeah. But it wasn't. Mm -hmm. It wasn't. And it was so freaking dumb. But anyways, they destroy Ninja. 
Ninja's throwing stars didn't help him one bit. Then they're back on the ground, and Tyler and Shelby make up, blah, blah, blah. Riley starts asking Tyler's dad about, oh, well, how'd you survive that cave-in? And he's like, well, that's that's a story for another time. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> f-ing, f-ing Rusty is there, and he's like, YOLO, I knew your dad's been a ranger for ten years. F*** you. <laughs> I hate this so much because the explanation is essentially bullshit because James pretty much says that like, I had to know that you were a ranger and I saw you go wild. And then that's when I decided to help, but I've missed all your birthdays for like basically no reason. And I hate that Rusty sent him this letter saying uh, straight up, yo, I don't know where your dad is giving him this false hope. And it doesn't seem to phase Tyler at all. Why isn't Tyler completely pissed off at his dad? Why isn't he just like, Dad, I hate you. Thanks for wasting 10 years of my life of me trying to find you. It's like this whole search for him over the course season was pointless. Yeah. And it pisses me off. It's no explanation. If James had actually been trapped this whole time, then it would have been fine. But the fact that he wasn't is super frustrating. It's like a classic superhero thing to be all, oh, I don't want to bring my loved ones into this. But we we have no sort of explanation as to what James was doing. If he was on the other side of the planet, great. If he was off saving people and they kind of knew that already but didn't know it was him, great. But we haven't seen any sort of James, Aqua, anything. So the the whole... I don't want to bring my family into this. Well, to what? Like, we don't know what you've been doing. And apparently he's been pretty close if he's in contact with Rusty. I think that really pissed me off. We know that they can survive. Like, Coda survived being frozen for 100,000 years. I'm sure Tyler's dad could have survived under some rocks for, like, seven years, maybe? Something. Maybe Rusty finally finds him in this dig, and it's like, cause I just hate, I just hate it. I hated that whole line where Rusty's like, "Oh yeah, I totally knew your dad was a ranger for the past ten years." But a ranger doing what? You didn't help out during the Legendary War, buddy. <laughs> like, where the hell were you? What were you doing? It's bad writing. It's crap. This episode was so weak for me because it crammed in a new ranger, a new mode. All of this story that essentially just wipes away any progress that the last season had. So I was not a fan of this episode. I liked it. I liked it overall, though. Like, honestly. But why? (laughs) (laughs) Just help help me. James just has such a likable face. I don't... (laughs) I liked it better than I liked what the hell was that episode called uh, Forgive and Forget. It was better than that, I guess. But I know the next episode, the next episode description says that Tyler and his dad are bonding, blah, blah, blah. I just want a better explanation. Rusty pisses me off. I want to punch him in the face. (laughs) Just for that one comment, like, I've known your dad's been a ranger for 10 years, YOLO. So... You basically sent his grieving son a letter giving him false hope that his dad is alive? Come on. Not even, like, false hope. Like, he's like... Like, like he knew the answer already. He was trolling him. He was absolutely just trolling him. The only reason Rusty basically told James to go hang out with his son 
was because Rusty noticed the Energem because he knows what an Energem is because of Tyler's dad. Mm -hmm. And so when he saw that Tyler had one and they gave the excuse, oh, we didn't know that Rangers were out there. Have you watched a news program (laughs) come on where have they where have they been the whole time though too like have they have they been in amber beach for those 10 years are they just total idiots what's happening here that's what i want to know because it seemed like tyler just drove off to a respectable distance like i would assume they're at least in the same state they have to be because for tyler to quickly charge in with the Plezio Charge Megazord, which pisses me off. That's another thing. That whole thing in the last episode where Tyler piloted the Plezio Charge Megazord, they could have given the excuse that he was too far away. He went to go see Rusty like a six-hour drive away. He's not going to make it. Mm -hmm. There would have been your Kendall coming in to save the day thing. Well, she's like, well, it's time for me to range her up. But no. Apparently, they're hop, skipping, and jumping away. At least Rusty's dig side. (laughs) I have this like headcanon that Kendall just doesn't trust leaving the base alone ever since the Rangers took Heckle there. So she's just which, staying there whenever she can. I'd love that. Which is completely valid, but talk about it. Like I want yeah. a line. Like I'm hesitant to go in the field with you guys because of our security issues, because we don't know if Heckle's gonna come back. Well, and it would fit her. It would fit her demeanor because remember in the episode where she was organizing that, uh, this might have been the 800th episode, where she was organizing the the museum event and she was like all anxious and nervous and whatnot about what could go wrong and all these sorts of things. Like you could very easily have some lines about that. Well, can you imagine mm-hmm. if the base was unattended? They could very easily, I like that AP. I think they or could ma- easily- Or maybe she's like doing her actual job too, like... Maybe she couldn't leave because she was, like, making money to fund well, this right. crap. Like <laughs> <laughs> To fund this crap. I like that. But that's the thing. Tell us. Because all it is is a throwaway line. I know this show is meant for kids. I totally get that. But it at least still has to make sense on some level. Mm-hmm. This is like becoming Super Megaforce level of dumb. And I don't want Dino Charge to be that way. Mm-hmm. Dino Charge, the first season, awesome. This first few episodes of Supercharge, I'm not impressed. No. The only highlights for me are Heckle and Snide and the fact that even Kendall is a ranger, I guess. Yeah. Even though she hasn't done Jack. Even with it being a kid show, as a kid, I would have been so excited for a Purple Ranger and I would have gotten frustrated at never getting to see her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if there are kids who are wondering the exact same thing we are. Where is she? When does she... Why don't we get to see her? Why don't we get to see her use her own Zord? (laughs) To me, it's frustrating because this particular episode felt so rushed. Mm -hmm. Because you're cramming so much into it. I want a little bit more explanation at the end. I want some emotion from Tyler uh, other than unbridled happiness that his dad (laughs) is around. Like, dude, you should be pissed. Rusty and your dad essentially tricked you just to protect your safety, quote-unquote. I, I, I don't get that excuse at all. Has James been in a unending fight with Fury? No, we haven't seen that. Fury hasn't made any notion that he's been fighting an Aqua Ranger. So, I don't know who James has been fighting 
or what he's been so anxious to protect Tyler from. Mm -hmm. Just because you become a ranger doesn't mean there's already like 20 monsters after you. The villains didn't even know that the Aqua Ranger was active. Because Fury at the end blamed Hunter. He's like, well, you kind of brought a new ranger into the fray too. And Hunter's like, whoa. And Singe steps in and says, hey, I can still use him as bait. And then Heckle's like, mm, bait, what's this about? You know, all menacingly. So it's not like they've been actively pursuing Aqua on the side. Mm -hmm. Another thing, I'm sorry I'm ranting, <laughs> but another thing... So, James Navarro became a ranger 10 years ago, yet the Ankylozord only awoke last year? I don't get it. Maybe it's been woken up, but, like, it was just really tired for 10 years. <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing. There are still plenty of episodes in which I'm sure they will straighten out some of the backstory. No, I can't go with that excuse anymore. There's, I can't. There's only five episodes. We're only five episodes down. There's like literally 15 left. I can count. <laughs> but like, I think like there's just plenty of time for gaps to be filled in. Well, this leads into a question. Well, they, they, they better be filled in or this is just crap. Mm -hmm. This leads to a question that I have for you, Eric, because I know you and I felt really similarly watching it. And I've been thinking about this question. If the next episode or if an episode that's upcoming soon is all about James and where he's been, what would that episode have to do to satisfy where you and I were at after watching it? I want a monster somehow. At this point, I don't care if it's Fury. Maybe Fury's just a idiot and he doesn't remember his fights and i don't know but i want a legitimate reason why the danger is so real for the aqua ranger that he cannot contact his son for 10 years yeah his because and we have no idea the status of tyler's mom so does that mean tyler's been an orphan for 10 years like what the hell so for me to bring this back to good I want a legitimate threat that the Aqua Ranger has been battling with his sidekick Rusty for 10 years to legitimize the fact that he essentially abandoned his son at 8 years old. That's what I want. I just want a legitimate reason, and I also want Tyler to be kind of pissed off a little bit. That's my big thing. I, I think that I could get an episode that would satisfy me as far as explaining where James has been. Because I think if you had Rusty nearby monitoring Tyler and you had James off on the other side of the planet doing something, I don't know, maybe he found the Aqua Energem in a different location, has been looking ever since. But yeah, there needs to be some sort of threat that he's afraid of involving Tyler in. If it turns out James has been near Tyler this whole time, that's going to keep me pissed off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I almost wish that instead of Singe coming from space, I almost want him to be a threat like he's been on Earth this entire time oh. searching for the Energems. And he was the villain that Aqua Ranger was dealing with on his own. Oh, that would be so good. That would have been more amazing. Like, because Singe is enough of a threat to be a sun-abandoning threat, I guess. <laughs> but <laughs> even then, the only way that that excuse works is if somehow the villain has found out your identity and has threatened the lives of your kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Or, and we do know, we do know that his dad encountered Fury because Fury is in his journal. Yeah. So what's that about? That actually would be amazing if it turned out Singe found the identity of the Aqua Ranger and connected the dots to the fact that Tyler is a Ranger and then decided to go after Tyler or found out something about Tyler or where he was from. Because it's not it's not totally unheard of that villains would know the identities. I think we have plenty of villains who know the Dino Charge Rangers' identities. So that would make sense. Well, that would be great. Here's another thing. We had lines in the first season when Tyler confronted Fury in that hiatus episode where he's like, oh yeah, I knew your father because he had the bracelet thing. Yeah. So what's the backstory there? Was Fury the threat? And then if so, why is Fury in this episode going, oh, well, there's this Aqua Ranger, duh. Like... <laughs> The one that you probably previously fought? Like, what maybe, maybe Singe was the threat, though. Because well, didn't I'll, he just... We saw didn't him he... come from space. Yeah, but maybe um, he was just, like, hanging out. I don't, I don't know. He could have come from the other side of the world. You know, who yeah. knows? <laughs> but, but no, he specifically said, I came to this planet oh. looking for the Energons. Yeah, you're right. Because oh. I, I was thinking missed. it would be perfect if Fury and Singe were the threat together and something happened and that's why they're... They don't like each other, but that's getting like way too, right? Complicated. Or maybe like the the ultimate big bad. I'm assuming there's an ultimate big bad coming at the end of the season. Maybe he was dealing with yes. that guy. I hope so. Which would be great, and that would be a great introduction. All I know is I have a lot of hope writing for episode six because the episode description specifically said that Tyler and his dad are talking and they're bonding together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we need backstory there. If we get nothing from this next episode, I'm going to be even more pissed than I am. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on and see what rest of our listeners thought. But first for you, the listeners of Ranger command power hour Gamefly is offering a premium free 30 day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. So to get your free trial today, go to GameFlyOffer.com slash RangerCommandPH. Again, that's GameFlyOffer.com slash RangerCommandPH for your free 30-day trial. Zach, tell us how that's working out. Yeah, I really like it. When we confirmed them as a new sponsor, it kind of gave me the kick in the pants to be like, you know, I've been meaning to try out Gamefly, and now I've got a good excuse to. And yeah, I really like it. You set up a queue, just like you would with Netflix, of games that you want sent to you. And depending on the availability, they'll send you the games that are in your list. The game I had sent mm -hmm. to me was Pokemon Alpha Sapphire, and I've been enjoying it. I've, I'm close to beating it, and then I'll mail it back and get another game from my list. So I really mm -hmm. like it. I didn't do it through the podcast, but I did this same thing like about a year ago. It's great. It's easy. It's a great way to like try games out instead of buying them and finding out maybe that you don't like it. Yeah, that's always the so, biggest thing. You know, you go to you go to these game stores, you paid $50, $60 for a game, then you beat it in a couple of days, and, well, that's it. You're not going to get your money back. You're, at most, you're going to get 10 15 bucks if you go take it in. No. Just use a service like Gamefly to try a game, and then, eh, if you like it, you can... And you can even buy games through Gamefly. They offer both new and pre-owned sales. Well, that's awesome. I think it's worth mentioning that they also just added DVDs and Blu-rays, I think. So oh, wow. I think you can get those from them, too. Well, if you guys want to try it out, then go to GameflyOffer.com slash RangerCommandPH. 
So we asked our listeners, so far, what has been your favorite moment of Dino Supercharge and the worst? And I added the worst because of this past <laughs> because, episode. Because, yeah, this, this past episode, like, really got under your skin. It really did. And a lot of other people's. On Facebook, Charlie Niemeyer said, keeping in mind that I'm an episode behind, uh, my favorite has been the first full morph with Kendall. Uh, the worst moment is bringing Prince Philip in at the end of the first episode, and he's not been seen again. True. <laughs> Emmanuel Copian said, best Ivan and Coda being the best dynamic duo. I would love to see these guys be Common Rider W. Worst, the possibility that they're sticking to the status quo. On a side note, the possibility that Riley's gay. Whoa. How does that, wait, is, where does that go? I don't that? know. This came in through Facebook, and even my eyebrow raised. I was like, is it the worst that there's a possibility that Riley's gay? Like, what are you trying to say, dude? <laughs> and I have no idea. I don't know if he's referring to, like, the whole Chiley thing, but that's kind of a weird comment. <laughs> I know there are a lot of people who are, or at least some people, I don't know how many, who are tying a lot of Riley's moments together to to parallel a coming out story. So maybe that's what he's talking about. Maybe he's seeing that. It's not going to happen on the maybe. show, though, so I don't know why people would be upset about it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Luke Early says, My favorite moment so far in Dino Supercharge is by far Heckle. I really like the direction of his character, oh, and also the Dino Superdrive suits. So pretty on my 4K TV. Well, aren't you special? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's just me being jealous. That's awesome. The worst part is inconsistencies with Energems, used for personal gain, Charger's storyline, which some can be described later, I suppose, the lack of Kendall in her own Zord. I mean, come on, you made the cockpit include Kendall. Oh, and the unexplained random Philip entrance at the end of episode one irks me too. Before we move on to Twitter, I have to say that when Doug and I watched this live, we were also both on Twitter at the same time on our phones. And it was pretty universal, the, the hate for this past episode. Not, I wouldn't say the hate, just the frustration. I'm glad everyone's kind of pissed off that Philip has just disappeared and that Kendall is in her own Zord. I think those are valid complaints. Yeah. And I'm glad... Other people are validating that. It's not it, me just being pissed it's, off. I was going to say, it's the attention to detail that the first half of this Dino Charge series had that seems to be sort of falling apart that I think people are picking up on. Little things here and there where they're saying things that don't come into fruition or they're doing things that feel inconsistent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On Twitter, Joshua Perry at RiderRanger335 says, My favorite moment, Heckle working at the cafe. Worst, Heckle forgetting the base in the same episode he found it. That could have been a whole cool storyline. The Ranger Talk said, Favorite moment was Keeper playing Love Guru, and the worst would have to be not seeing Kendall piloting her Zord. Mm-hmm. Tommy Brevard Jr. at Kid Flash DBN. Tyler and his dad reunion for best. Rolando Mora at R underscore M O R 09 says, Best... Shelby discovers Heckle is bad. Worst, uh, James Navarro backstory in the last episode. I think you mean the lack of backstory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, again, hopefully we'll get next episode since the description says that he's bonding with Tyler. Maybe he'll be like, well, let me tell you what I was up to the last ten years. Yeah, especially that line he said to Riley, well, that's a story for another time. How about now? <laughs> Now's the time. <laughs> 
<laughs> Nightmare at Nightmare 10 says, best tied between Heckle when he was putting the Rangers to sleep and Yoshi's background acting as Coda. Worst, Aqua debut. Jen Nugen at Mini Moon 132002 said, my favorite moment, Tyler kisses Shelby on the cheek. Whoa, we didn't talk about oh, that. Yeah, I forgot about that. And worst moment, Riley uses his powers for personal gain. Oh, yeah. Tyler totally snuck in a kiss on Shelby's cheek. Mm -hmm. So, whoa. They're out of the friend zone. (laughs) (laughs) They're doing that so well, too. It's so natural. It's natural. Yeah. Yeah. DMRU at Red Blue Ranger said, My favorite moment would probably be finally seeing how Kendall and Chase filmed Coda. I really like that moment. And I really hope we get a moment of Kendall creating all this stuff and or meeting Keeper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. We desperately need that. (laughs) We really do. I don't care if it's episode 20 of this new season. I just want to find out what the hell is the deal there. (laughs) I wonder if we'll get like an augmented clip show. We get clips of the last season, but we also get clips of stuff stuff that happened before. Yeah. So new flashbacks. That would be a great way to handle a clip show. Yeah, like, so Miss Morgan, how come, like, you never told us how this all started, and then, you know, it's just a bottle episode, I'm all sitting in. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Those putties? (laughs) I was trying to do, like, the Wayne's World, like, (laughs) and then it came out as putties. Well, it all started. (laughs) (laughs) Sentai 5, at Sentai 5, says... Best Dino Superdrive suits. They are so damn beautiful. Worst Aqua's debut. I even made a gif. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> that is pretty good. For our listeners who don't know, it's uh, it's Rusty uh, patting James on the shoulder saying, I've known Tyler's dad was a ranger for like 10 years. Joke's on you, idiots. And there's the shot of like Riley kind of laughing and shrugging at Chase. Like, <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, Riley's got one of those laughing, but his laugh kind of trails off like, huh. All right, Fies at Ginger Green says, favorite moment, Coda's Backstory. Least favorite? Having Heckle immediately forget where their base was. Juo Forze at Jambalaya23 said, Favorite? Any scene with Heckle in it. Worst. 90% of Forgiven Forget. Heckle. (laughs) Heckle is the only redeeming factor about that episode. I I agree. Forgiven Forget is by far the weaker episode between it and Mm -hmm. the last one. I did make a comment. When that episode was airing, I'm like, oh, forgive and forget describes what viewers are going to think about this episode. <laughs> because at the very least, the last episode advances things. Forgive and forget advanced nothing. Right. It was just there. Yeah, exactly. With this episode, at least we got the cap on the whole, where's my dad's storyline? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though it was an unsatisfying cap. <laughs> Be that as it may, it was still a cap. Solomon Dad. Solomon D at Sallyman underscore D said, My favorite moment was Heckle taking out the Rangers with pillows. The worst is the lack of Philip and Solo Ranger morphs. Yeah, we need to get some straight up Solo Ranger morphs yes. in here. Mm-hmm. If none for the fact then glorious HD display of a single Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Jez Damashi at Mighty Jez says, The best moments have been Heckle's interactions with his crew. Many comedic moments while keeping him a legitimate bad guy. The worst? Aqua and Red Supercharge introduction. Both had super megaforce levels of what the f*** why. 
Not, <laughs> not what we'd come to expect. James Navarro's I've been hiding for ten years. That's a perfectly reasonable explanation, right? Just doesn't fly. New headcanon, James Navarro is Gose. <laughs> <laughs> that would explain a lot, actually. That would make, it would explain that a would make Rusty Troll say. Oh my gosh. Oh, God. Hey, I, I was the last person to too. see your dad. He might be alive. <laughs> PR Generations at PR Generations says, The best, when Kendall finally becomes the Purple Ranger. The worst is how early they find out who Heckle really is. I agree. Yes. RJ Sills, Uchahabro77, and Anime Redneck96. Favorite, anything with Kendall. All the Kendall. <laughs> worst, the fact that I can't watch it on Hulu. True. I agree. Ryan H. Nelson at Lionel R. Guy said, Favorite moment, energy inside Fury turns out not to be Tyler's dad. Worst moment, roar of the Red Ranger. The whole episode runners up for worst. Anytime Chase opens his mouth, using Neo's Zeltrax suit, not for Zeltrax, and Dino Drive being cockpit only. All legitimate points. Except for Chase, anytime Chase opens his mouth. I think that's a little harsh. Some yeah. serious Chase shade. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I like Chase. He's goofy and he has a heart. He's all right. He has his Yeah, there aren't any characters I don't like. Yeah. Maybe Keeper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have said Ranger characters. There's nobody on the Ranger team that I don't like. Well, I hope the rest of this season is a lot better than what we got these first five episodes. Mm -hmm. I just want it to be as good as Dino Charge. You're weaving in the plot elements. Everything's coming together. I know that there's some plot lines that they're trying to close in these early episodes, especially Tyler's dad. But to me, it just felt like there was little payoff. I hope we get better. Yeah. Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com. I want to say thank you to Doug for joining us for a normal episode. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely, anytime. Yeah, anytime we want to get pissed off about Dino Charge, <laughs> we'll talk. <laughs> really rare up to this point. Yeah, like this is it has the least deserving of being pissed off at. Yeah. Just that last episode, man. It <laughs> it just went too far. <laughs> no, I promise. Or it, it didn't, didn't go far, far enough. enough. Yeah. I feel like there are a bunch of things happening in Dino Supercharge that could be expanded into multi-part episodes. Just two-part. God, I, I would love a two-parter here and there. Yeah. So, that'd be awesome. Oh, well, I guess I should ask this. Doug, if people want to follow you, where can they find you? Oh, yeah. People can find me on Twitter, just at Doug Watchin. There's no G at the end, so it's just Doug Watchin. Yeah, and follow him. We got amazing positive response from our Survivor episode. The amount of tweets I got from Power Rangers fans who are also Survivor fans was very awesome. Where have you all been? <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't they all your friends, right? <laughs> You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphing Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at rangercommandph, and like us on facebook.com slash rangercommandpowerhour. This is Trekkie B47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour, and you are listening to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. Ranger Command is now on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month, 
and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks. This has been another proud production of the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You want to see more shows, go check out www.fouridradio.com, you winkers.